Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Donkokwate, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. We just want to get into the service today. I'd like to share with you what the Lord has laid upon my heart. And uh, the title of my message is simple. The title is Divine Shaking. The Coming Reviver. Divine Shaking. The Coming Reviver. Uh, We are in a situation right now that uh, you need to have spiritual eyes in order to be able to see what is going on. But one thing is clear. God has given a word of promise, and we want to take a look at that word. And so um, we want to be taking a look at Hebrews chapter 12 and the verses number 25 to 28. Hebrews 12, 25 to 28. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, please, go ahead. blessings to the reading and the hearing and the understanding and the walking in his word in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So uh, we take notice of the fact that this prophet is quoting another prophet and the prophet that he is quoting is also in the Old Testament. Well uh, you may you may think of uh, Paul the way you want, but as far as I'm concerned, Paul is a prophet. Amen? He had a, he had a prophetic anointing. God opened his eyes and he was able to see things way, 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 way ahead. And so we want to take a look at uh, the original prophecy that he was quoting. Because he's saying that uh, somebody spoke on the earth that was talking about what happened on Mount Sinai. But he's saying, yet somebody is now speaking from heaven. So what I want you to do is to is for us to um, check out from uh, Hagar chapter 2, verses 5 to 7, so that uh, we may actually read about that one that he was making reference to. Hagar 2, 5 to 7.
Yes, please, go ahead and read. Amen. Uh, please, um, uh, start from verse 5. Move to 6 and add 7. Amen. So please, uh, here again, we are told what this shaking is about and uh, what it is supposed to affect. Um, we are told, number one, that God is going to shake the heavens and the earth. It says what? He will shake the sea and the dry land. And then he goes on to say, I will shake also all nations, all nations. Please take notice, all nations. And uh, uh, for, 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 for a good reason, you will notice that the verse 5 is saying, you who believe in the Lord, don't be afraid. Fear not. You know, you only tell people not to fear when there are things around them that is intimidating them. So this scripture is God's response to the intimidation that his people are facing. And uh, how is the spirit of God among us? The spirit of God is not just among us anyhow. It's among us by covenant. We are covenant people. And anybody who is in covenant relationship with God knows that God never breaks his covenant. The word never, you can underline it three or four times. He never breaks his covenant. God is a covenant keeper. And so when God is working with anybody by covenant, you can be 100% sure that as long as it remains in God's power, the benefits of the covenant will be yours. I'm saying as long as, because you see, uh, God doesn't take prisoners. If you are working with God, you work with God because you want to work with God. In the day that you say you don't want to work with God anymore, in that day, God will respect your choice and allow you to live. And so the covenant of God means that anybody who contends with us, he would have to contend with God. Those who come to fight us, if they see us as people who are feeble, who are weak, who are defenseless, uh, what they don't know is you need to check again to find out what kind of covenant the people are working in. Because... Once they touch you, they have touched God, and God will wage war against them. And so God is saying, in my attempt or my effort or my uh, duty and responsibility to defend you, I am going to come after the person, no matter where they are. I will shake what? The heavens. If they are in the heavens, I will shake it. And you know, the scripture in Hebrews that we read, what did they say? He said the word yet once more signifies the removing. So 
I just want you to understand, my dear friends, that there is a divine remover coming. Amen. You know, people who um, people who do uh, separations of things, most of them will tell you that it is through shaking that you remove things. When you shake things, you are able to separate them. You are able to separate one uh, type of substance from another. And uh, one can separate things that are wood from things that are sand merely by shaking them because everything finds its own level. And so that means the shaking is to cause a remover. And uh, so you want to ask yourself, what kind of remover then? You know, we need to take a look at our present situation. The place where we are in right now and how we find ourselves. And uh, when you begin to understand that, then you will begin to understand uh, what this shaking is all about. First and foremost, let me, let me point out the fact that according to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, we are in the last days. Please, can somebody read for me then 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, so that we begin to know what God is, is, is going to separate. I know the separation that is coming, how it's going to be like. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1 to 3. 1 Timothy 4, 1 to 3. Their conscience. Sorry, Having their conscience, go ahead. Having their own conscience. Iron, yeah. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from the meat which God has created to be, to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Mm -hmm. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Amen. 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 Thank you. So, 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 so the point here is the spirit, the spirit speaks expressly. When somebody is being expressed in what they are saying, the Germans will say Deutlich. They are speaking with clarity. They don't want any person to misunderstand. So here, if you are a believer, you are never supposed to misunderstand this. You know why? Because your understanding is a key to you. Uh, functioning in the way that God expects you to function. So the, speaks, the Spirit is speaking expressly that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. You know, one time I was preaching and uh, I, was, I was telling some people that there was a certain man that I used to respect a lot, a certain charismatic man called Ulf Ekman. And... Uh, I just checked on him, and then I realized that, oh, the guy says that everything he has preached before, he has turned his back on that. And I'm like, hey, when people like this, big men, you know, what I call pillars of the faith, when this is what is happening to them, what did he see to turn away from the gospel? And what is it at all that can shake a person like this? So I saw some of those things, and it made me realize that, look, let him that think he's, he's, he's standing, take it, let him fall. So you see, uh, 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 
some shall depart from the faith because demonic entities who know that their time is short, they are uh, 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 ceaseless, ceaselessly or uh, constantly attacking their believers. And the Bible said, because of that attack, if we are not uh, mindful or we are not watchful, we shall listen to and uh, receive instruction from seducing spirits. Anything at all that is seducing is something that tempts you and, and attracts you to draw you away from what is supposed to be the right thing for you. That is the power of seduction. God doesn't seduce. God reasons with people, but the devil seduces. Anything that seduces it, you know, they say it is not everything that glitters which is gold. That is how it is. So you see, there is a certain level of seduction in our world today that causes, you know, people who have labored to miss their reward. You know, imagine working, 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 working. And when it's almost ending of the month for you to collect your pay, you just fall dead, God forbid. But imagine you have labored all your life, uh, contributed towards your, uh, what, do you call, what do they call it? Is it rented, they call it? Contributed towards your pension and everything. And then, just when you are about to retire, COVID-19 comes along. And then, just because you are sick, somebody looked at you and they said, ah, this one is a 62-year-old man. He's a 63-year-old man now. So let's give attention to the young people. So instead of taking care of you, they leave you and you die. There have been people who are elderly, who are supposed to be more vulnerable for this kind of sickness. And you know what? We are having reports and information that some people diagnosed some of them that were sick and they are actually tested positive. You know what they did? They sent them back to their uh, old age homes where there are other people that were there who were healthy. And guess what? That, that, that place went up in flames. And so some of these figures we are seeing, they are the result of wickedness on the part of some people. They may say mistakes, but the question is, when you can read from certain manuals that certain people are saying, when there is an urgency and there is a difficulty for beds because the hospital system is being overwhelmed, then this is the order of priority. When somebody is like 12 years up to like 40, they, they have the first slot. And then you begin to move in that order. What are they saying? They are saying some lives are precious than others. It may sound reasonable to the human mind. But when people begin to think this way, this is how they can give those kinds of orders. I even heard of one person who was, a, who was is it either a mayor or a governor? And uh, he, he went and quietly removed his mother from the, what do you call it? Mm, from the old age home. And uh, sent her to a hotel to be taken care of there. Uh, what, because they knew they were going to send this, uh, the people who, the older people who have reported, they were going to send them there, and they knew the result. So, you see, this world we are living in right now is a very dangerous world. 
And so there is a need for shaking to come. And that shaking will cause a separation. Now, let us take a look at Second uh, Timothy, the chapter 3, and uh, the verses 1 to 8. It's a long one, but let me just read it. Second Timothy chapter 3, it says what? But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Dangerous times, stressful times, very difficult times may come. You know what can be dangerous? The thing that can be dangerous is that if you have a watchman and you have employed a watchman and this watchman is a spy who is supposed to spy on you, it's dangerous. Perilous times can be a time when somebody who is supposed to be your, your, your doctor, whom you know has taken the Hippocratic oath to preserve life and to save life, he just knows how to give you one small injection somewhere and that's the end of it. So that the very people who are supposed to help you become the, the reason or the means of your demise. Those are perilous times. A man's enemies, the Bible says, shall be the men of his own house. How would you expect that people will rise from your own house and be the reason for your demise? Have anybody heard at all of, of King, uh, King Young, uh, what do you call it? This, uh, this uh, South Korean uh, uh, leader, Ki Jong-un, they call him, um, who is not Korea, sorry, who had a brother that uh, you know, had run away and therefore, where he's living completely outside the, the kingdom or the, is it, what do they call it? Is it a republic they call it? A democratic republic they call it. Yeah. These days, when they say democratic, you want to watch it well. But anyhow, the man was living somewhere in exile. Guess what? They sent after him. And so he was to die, but how did he die? From his own brother. These are, these are what we call perilous times. When the very weapon that is supposed to fight you comes from your own house, it is perilous times. So the Bible says, well, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, very brutal. Well, not very brutal. The word says brutal. I'm just adding very brutal. Despisers of good. In other words, despisers of anything and everybody who is good. Traitors. Headstrong. Headstrong means nobody can advise them. Once it gets into their mind to do something, that is a thing to be done. And woe betide you if you stand in their way. Haughty. Lovers of pleasures or pleasure rather than lovers of God. These people have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. So the Bible is saying from such people turn away, meaning that 
When God is going to shake, don't let yourself be found in their company. Because you see, the shaking is actually not just a shaking, it's a remover. There is going to be a remover. Let me continue. Verse 6. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, you find them everywhere, where there is every meeting, where there is every revival, yet nothing changes with them. Verse 8. Now, as Yannis and Yambris resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, disapproved concerning the faith. Other scriptures will say reprobate concerning the faith. When somebody is reprobate, he has been disapproved. Or he has become unfruitful or he is declared to be unfruitful. You know, anything that is reprobate, it means that there is no use for it. If you ever plant a fruit tree and the fruit tree doesn't yield any fruit, sorry. The same word reprobate, you can apply to it because it's fruitless. And uh, what God does with anything that is fruitless is he cuts it down. So we are talking here of separation. We are talking here of shaking. Are we in the midst of a shaking? Yes, I believe we are in the midst of a shaking. Because never before in our world has we gone through the kind of things we have gone through. <laughs> but uh, somebody will say, so is it the end of the world? No, it is not the end of the world. There are a couple of things that must happen first before the end of the world comes. So number one, what we are expecting to happen is the remover. Second, what will happen will be the advent or the coming of the Antichrist. And then, in the time of the Antichrist, as it comes, we will have what we call the final salvation of those who will be saved. Uh, for those kinds of people, one of the things you and I need to understand is that their time is the time when grace is no more there. Because you see, the removal or the separation will be the end of grace. When that happens, grace will cease. So I'll be talking on the removal, but I just want to give you a, what do you call it? What they call an ubersish. I want to give you an overview before we say that the world has come to an end. These things will follow. Now, the next thing that happens, that is the fourth thing that happens, is that there is going to be um, there's going to be an imprisonment of the Antichrist. Now, the Lord will come 
And when it comes, the one who allows himself to be filled with Satan in this manner, the person called the Antichrist, God is going to judge him. And the Bible says, what well, God shall destroy him with the word of his mouth. You see, after our God, his sword is in his mouth. When he speaks, it is a sword. It is life to those that are not against him. But it is a sword, cutting those who stand in his way. And so, when the Lord comes, the first thing he's going to do is that the Antichrist will be arrested. And then, the one who empowered him, that means Satan himself, he will also be put in jail. He will go to prison. And it's not just Satan who is going to go to, into prison, all the demons. So imagine a world where Satan is not there. Where the demons too, they are not there. It's going to be an interesting time. So this same world as you see it right now, this world that people are saying that global warming, whatever it is they are calling, will destroy. Yeah, we know certain things are happening. But one of the things I want to say is that the cause of global warming is not so much the, the carbon dioxide we are releasing into the atmosphere. But from a biblical point of view, it is sin that is causing the global warming. Because, you see, the Bible is clear. When you shed innocent blood, you trouble the land. You know, people in Israel experienced what they might call global warming in the days of Saul. Sorry, in the days of David, where according to the Bible, what happened was actually in the reign of Saul, you know, Saul had done certain things which he shouldn't do. He had broken covenants. He broke agreements. Agreements that were enforced long before he was born. He went against those covenants and broke them. And so because of that, judgment was coming on the land. And the result of that judgment was that there was a famine year after year for three years. The issue is, if David had not gone to ask God, that famine would not have been a three-year famine. It probably would have been a ten-year famine. So what we are doing in our world today, where evil men have worse works, People who are seducers have worse works. People who are blasphemous have worse works. Some people get up and the people they want to kill is their own parents. Such individuals, they have caused our world to go out of course. And the end result is that it will rain when it shouldn't rain. And when it's not supposed to rain, sorry, when it's supposed to rain, it won't rain. The weather has become, has developed a mind of its own. So many things are happening. My dear friends, God is shaking. And the shaking is a remover. Because some things have got to be removed. Amen. So, after the imprisonment of Satan and his minions, the fifth major thing that is going to happen is that Jesus Christ is going to uh, be, let me put it this way, he will be king. Because it's not going to be a time of democracy. Sorry. The ballot box, you can forget it. But Jesus is going to reign for a thousand years. So this planet is not about to end right now. For one whole thousand years, 
Jesus is going to reign where there is the absence of Satan and demons. And you know what is going to happen? People will live. Even old men who are there when they will not die. And the ones to be born to, they will also not die. For a whole thousand years, there will be no death. There will be peace on earth. Imagine peace on earth for a whole thousand years. Nobody is leaving any uh, uh, lifting any weapon against anybody. The threat and the fear of nuclear war is over Amen. for a whole thousand years. That's what it's going to be. And it's going to be an amazing time. But those who are alive and remain then, they have a responsibility also that they receive the Lord for themselves. Which I want to say, it is not enough to enjoy the benefits that God brings. Some people are in the church only for the benefits. But if you are in the church and uh, you are somebody that uh, God would also want to receive and bless, you must love God. Because it is for love's sake that God is doing every good thing for this world. If you love somebody and they don't love you, the circle is not complete yet. So after that 1,000 years, the people who are alive, they will be tested. Nobody is ever going to be eternally with God without passing through that test. So how is the test going to come? God is going to release the devil from the abyss or the bottomless pit. And for the short time that he's released, he'll go around to recruit people so that he can fight back to take back the planet from God, supposedly, as if he will succeed. But you see, proud people, they never learn. When a person is proud, he's not teachable. So what is going to happen? There's going to be a battle called the Battle of Armageddon. And in the Battle of Armageddon, all those who follow Satan and who support him and who go to fight with him, they will all be caught. And then will come what they call the final judgment. They call it the white throne judgment. The king will sit and the books will be open and people will be judged out of the books. The only people who are not going through that kind of judgment is those who are removed in the remover. So that is where I'll be coming to. And after that judgment, then we are going to have the end of this earth as we know it. So my dear friends, it's a long way off. But a lot of things are going to happen in between. And so after the judgment, then the Bible teaches that we are going to have a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. And in the brand new heaven and the brand new earth, it's actually going to be a brand new universe. Well, you actually don't need the sun to be the one that controls the earth. I'm sure all of you know that the sun is the one that controls the earth. The sun is what determines what happens here. If you were to take the sun away right now, it would be impossible to live on the earth. So, so, so the truth still remains that when that time happens and God created the new heavens and the new earth, there will be no sun. The Bible teaches because God himself will be the sun. God is going to rearrange the planetary system. Amen. Those of you who uh, uh, you know a little bit about physics, you just know that the planets they are connected. If you remove one of them from its orbit, 
you will unsettle the whole thing. And all the others, they'll go out of course. They'll go out of balance. They won't be in their orbits anymore. And when they are not in their orbits, it's going to be calamity as we know it. So how then is God going to do it? He's going to do it because he is the one who has the power. The people who say they are scientists, they are only searching. They have not yet understood how God did this thing. Because our planet and our planetary system is not the only one. There are plenty of them. They haven't even discovered all of them yet. Guess what? God has created all of these things and they are in balance. Just like this planet we are in, everything is in balance. If me and my, 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 my spirit and my, you know, every human being is three. You have a spirit, you have a soul, you have a body. If my tripartite being is in harmony with God, what happens is that the thing they call corona cannot even take effect on for me because God has already uh, performed the defenses in the human system so that we'll be able to stay in harmony with all those viruses, all those bacteria, everything that is in the world. We are just, you know, putting things in place because sin has touched our world. So let me now talk about the remover because that is, a, that is the object of my, of my statement today. You know, when you are removing something, if you consider the earth and you are removing something, what are you removing? You know that God can remove all these people we talk about in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, and then 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 to 8. God can remove all of them so that those of us who trust in him will remain. That is one possibility of remover. But in this particular remover, it's not going to be so. It's going to be the other way around. And the other way around is, we who have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, the Bible said God is going to remove us from the midst of this kind of expression of evil that has gripped and captured humans. Now, let me tell you, my dear friends, one thing. The days of Noah is compared to the last days. And the days of Lot is also compared to the last days. But you see, the days of Noah, the very day that Noah entered into the ark, judgment came upon the ungodly. You will notice that as I'm telling you this, judgment doesn't come immediately after the removal of the church. Are you listening to me? And so, and so, and so the times in which we are in is slightly different. Now I'll show you what the difference is. In the days of uh, Lot, the very day that Lot left Sodom, his departure was the doom of those who were in Sodom. Judgment came. And judgment was like a, 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 a what do you call it, a train without brakes. You couldn't stop it. It just came because the man who was the brakes had left. So, when the church is taken out, it's not going to be immediately judgment. It's going to be freedom. But freedom with inverted commas begin and close. Because you and I know that if I think I am free to do anything I like, my freedom will interfere with your freedom. Because if I'm free to do anything I like, then believe me, if it is your BMW that I like, 
I'm coming after you. The same thing. If it is something that is dear to you that I like, I'm coming after that thing. So when the church leaves, then you will have the freedom that people claim they want. Because listen to me, all of them claim they want freedom. But nobody wants freedom with control. They want freedom without control. And God is going to give men what they want. They wouldn't be testing it for too long before they realize that, hey, this one is a dangerous kind of freedom. Because for three and a half years after the church has left, they are going to have their freedom. Be careful what you keep on demanding from God. Because he might just give it to you. And then you realize that it's not so nice after all. Because the church is going, the body of Christ is going to be taken out. In the book of Thessalonians, the Bible puts it this way. It said, he that is hindering the evil one, he will keep on hindering him until he is removed out of the way. Who is the one hindering the evil one? It is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit didn't come upon this world for nothing. You know, when the Holy Spirit came, he came and found believers in the book of Acts and filled them. What happened after the Holy Ghost filled them? They became a very fruitful bunch. And I want you to understand that if we are going to be removed, the same event or the same effect will happen. In the midst of our remover, there's going to be a big harvest of souls. People are going to come into the kingdom like nobody's business. Because you see, this is not Noah's day. And this is not um, Lot's day. In Noah's day, he couldn't pick anybody out apart from his family. In Lot's day, he even lost some family members. So that you see that uh, chronologically, it becomes more dangerous and more depressing. Now, what, what is going to happen when you think about the church, about the church being removed? And, and, and honestly, I like to say that the shaking has started. You and I do not know when the church will be removed. We don't know. But one thing I can tell you is that there's going to be a big outbreak of revival. Amen. And if we want the removal to be quick, then let our intercession be strong. If somehow we are failing in our assignment as the people who will pray down the end time revival, do you know what God is going to do? Maybe this is Corona 1. There's going to be Corona 2. And then Corona 3 will come. And then Corona 4 will come. Why? Because whenever people cry out in their heart to God, God will always respond. The Bible says for 430 years, God told Abraham it's only going to be 400 years. Then they are going to come out of Egypt. After 400 years, I will take them out. After 400 years means two minutes after 400 years. It's after 400 years, they can go. Incidentally, it was 430 years before they left. And you know why? Because nobody was crying out to God. As long as we are comfortable like this, we want to run church as usual. Corona will come after another corona. So get ready and, 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 and strengthen your heart because it's not going to be an end. And the people who want to inject all of us and begin to make all of us sick, 
so that we become bolo bolo. Those people too, they are also ready. If you are not careful, you may see some things that uh, uh, is not meant for your eyes. It can create such fear and such terror in you. But you know, the spirit is saying, this is the time for the church to rise up. This is the time for us to stand in a gap and push God's agenda. This is the time to invite God and say, God, it is time to introduce yourself to this world and to your creation. The Holy Spirit said, in the last days, what will I do? I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And then he went on to say, your old men shall dream dreams. And then your young men shall see visions. Now, this particular order is where you find in Joel 2.28. But if you come to Acts chapter 2, well, Acts chapter 2 puts it the other way around. It said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your uh, 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 young men and your, your young women or handmaidens, they will all, the spirit will come upon them, they will prophesy. But he said, the young men first shall see visions, and then the old men shall dream dreams. Meaning that you are setting the young before the old this time. This revival that is coming is going to be basically a revival of young people. And we are going to lift up our voices and we are going to pray and believe God so that that revival will hit that much of the youth of today, God will bring them into the kingdom. And my dear friends, when that happens, the trumpet can blow anytime. It's going to be a glorious time. When we are taken out of this world, we are going to go to what they call the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it's not just a marriage supper. Because after that wedding, there's going to be reward time. Hello? There's going to be reward time. God doesn't judge the church the way he judges the world. God judges the church the same way your accountant in your, in your working place judges you. They look at the books. They look at your, your, is it your coming and going? How you are clocking. And then they prepare your belonu or your, your, or your pay. They prepare it like that. That's how it's going to be. And then after we are rewarded with the rewards that God has planned for us, the next thing that happens is that God is now going to pull back and say, well, sons and daughters, it is time also to reward the angels. And God will appoint us to be the ones who will look at the records of the angels so that we can reward them. I don't feel myself qualified for me to be the one to see to reward somebody like Michael or somebody like, uh, like uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, uh, Gable. But there are people, there are humans, generous in the faith, who God will give that assignment to. It's going to be awesome how things are going to be. So my dear friends, divine shaking and the coming remover, don't forget. Because the times we are in, the shaking is happening already. Whether it is going to be one shaking, it cools down, another shaking. Some of you know how earthquakes work. A tremor, first one, and then maybe a second tremor, more violent than the first. Then 
the major tremor comes and pulls things down. And then after that, they have something they call aftershocks. And the aftershocks too, they also come to do things. Because if by that time, you have not moved away from something damaged, you go down with that thing. And so, did I come to terrify anybody? No. I came to encourage you. I came to tell you that as a son and a daughter of the covenant, God's eyes are on you. It is time for you to wake up. And, and can I speak more, more directly to anybody who is listening to us? Please, you are either with God or you are not with God. Jesus said, you are either with me gathering or you are scattering. In other words, there is no neutral ground. In the spirit, you will never, never find a Switzerland there. So you cannot, you cannot play the neutral game here. Ashab Nicks came out. You can't play that kind of game. You are either with God or you are against God. But I want you to know something. The one who created all things is God. It doesn't matter what they told you in the schools. Nobody came from monkeys. They cannot prove it, even up to today. So let me make it clear to you, my dear friends. If you are out there, and the scriptures can de describe you as one of those people who is creating trouble in this world. You are haughty, you are boastful. You love pleasure more than you love God. You are unthankful, you are disrespectful. You love evil more than good. You will go after people simply because those people are not joining you in your riot things. God is coming for you. Because when the shaking comes, you fall on the side you need to fall. But you still have a chance. You can give your life to Jesus. I was a sinner too. And I didn't know judgment is coming. But thank God, he saved me. He can save me. This is the day of salvation. Don't you think that you are going to get another chance again tomorrow? If the house where you are, if that house is burning and you are on the sixth floor and the fire service came and you said, oh, go ahead and save other people. I'll be the last one to get saved. You are on your own. Because if by the time the fireman has managed to save everybody, is coming for you and the fire has engulfed you, it is your decision that killed you. So it's not your choice to, to, to determine when you should surrender to Christ. It is your choice when you hear to say that now or never. Mm -hmm. I want you to give your life to Jesus. Because when you give your life to Jesus, there is a very great party out there. When the removal takes place, we are going to the party and you'll be part of it. Mm -hmm. The invitation is Jesus. Amen. The visa is Jesus. The passport for that travel is Jesus. The people who are preparing the party is God the Father, God the Son, and the holy angels of God. I tell you, that party, no expense is being spared. And there's no party that is going to beat that one. You are honored to be part of it. Don't miss it. If you want to give your life to Jesus, please bow down your heads and let me pray with you.
Would you say after me, Lord Jesus? Lord Jesus. I come to you today. I come to you today. Recognizing. Recognizing. That I am a sinner. So I I deserve to die. So I deserve to die for my sins. For my sins. But I ask you now, ask you now to forgive my sins. To forgive my sins. Come into my life. Come into my life. And be Lord over my life. And be Lord over my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me. For saving me. Now, if you are sick in your body, I want you to put your hand there, and I'm going to pray for you. Because when the Lord saves your soul from sin, he also saves your body from sickness. So in case you are sick in any part of your body, just put your hand right now there and I'm going to pray for you. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we command sickness to come out of the body of the one who has repented and received Jesus. For the Bible makes it clear, he substituted our sin. And carried it for us. But he also substituted our sickness and our pain. And he carried it for us. Amen. I forbid sin to rule over you. Amen. But I also forbid sickness to reign in your body. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I speak to the organs and the cells of your body. Be healed right now Amen. in Jesus name. Amen. And Father we want to thank you. That any time a person is healed. Saved and healed. The spirit of God comes upon them. Let the spirit of God come upon him. Anoint him to become one of the voices for Christ in this final time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org You can also join us for our weekly conference calls on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.